Good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. Julian Campbell here with another edition of Business, the Law and You. A bit later in the program, we'll be having a look at a couple of our Harvard Business Review tips. We're also going to, uh, we won't have a second guest today, so I'm going to give you 10 business tips that will guarantee you success in small business. But right now, we're going to have a longer session today with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you today? I'm very well, and we're going to talk about creativity in Australia and uh, a vivid uh, workshop you did. Yeah, so we ran a, um, a vivid workshop yesterday, actually posing the question, what's your worth to the creative industries? Mm. Because as, as, as we know, often the creative industries are asked, to, or anyone in the creative industries is asked to demonstrate their work first, um, and then if you like it, you might refer them on, or if you like it, you might give them more payment later, you know, for, for a job that's been done. So um, we equated this to just imagine if you had a plumber out and said, look, fix my, fix my toilet, uh, and if I really like the way you work, I'll refer Hi. your services on to my friends, right? So this is the, the whole premise that this came from, and I'm sure everybody knows someone in the creative industry that has actually been asked to work mm. under these circumstances. Just, just before but, you go on a little bit more... Creative industry, yep. how, how are you describing that? What are, you, what are we including? So we're including graphic designers, yep. people yep. That, that might make some um, audio-visual product for you. Web design? perform. Web design, yep. you know, musicians, yep. um, artists, anybody, anybody in that. So the creative industry is quite wide. We even include architects uh, in, that, in that description now. So there's, there's about 27 different professions that now come under the, the banner of creative industry. So excellent question. It's a great and, question. And photo photographers, would you bring them into? Oh, for sure. Photographer, yep. anything in the AV, um, you know, audio-visual. Mm. Um, so sound engineers, bands that go and play at a, at a club for a case of beer, that sort of oh, thing yeah, there. Yeah. You know, anybody within, that, within the creative industries category has often been asked. And to the, uh, what brought this to, to a head to is during the London Olympics, the, the main act, one of the main acts um, on stage, were told that they could actually, they weren't going to get paid because of the worldwide exposure that they were going to receive. Now, mm. the choreographer got paid, the, the dance troupe got paid, the lighting people got paid, but we weren't going to pay the actual performer who was the focal point of everything because they were going to get worldwide exposure. So, mm. you know, go back to if your band plays and you bring in X amount of people to this to this nightclub or pub, we'll give you a case of beer, right? Mm. But, and nowadays, for, for bands to actually get a gig, they really need to be bringing people into into the venue as well. So it, it's all become quite complicated. And I don't know of other any industry that um, that has to go through this to prove themselves. The reason that this is important, particularly at this point in time, is because the words creativity and innovation are. Uh, like their utmost in a lot of businesses' minds. And people are using creatives actually more than ever. And we know that in design thinking, if you have the creatives in the room, then the problem-solving escalates as well. So it's that whole diverse, divergent mm. thinking principle that we've mm. spoken about many times. And, of course, the focus on the future employment is is towards creativity too. It sure is. So this is why, and if you think about it, who does your branding? A graphic designer will do your branding. How important is your logo? How important is your audiovisual content? How important is your website? You know, and yet we have, I'm, I'm very fortunate to, to lecture some, um, some students coming out of graphic design. 
And I and I, they tell me how long should I work for nothing for? And I look at them bewildered mm. and go, well, how long does a, a somebody who's just come out with a law degree? How long do they work for nothing for? Mm. And the answer is they really don't. Mm. Um, but we we feel that that um, people in the creative industries have to do an internship to prove themselves first, and it's actually not true at all. You can you can gauge somebody's fit within your organisation whether they're entering as part of the creative industry field or whether they're entering as part of the legal field in exactly the same way. You know, there, there mm. is a fit that happens. And the other thing, um, in some of the research that's coming out now, the creative industry is actually a $90 billion industry. And mm. in Australia, it actually contributes $45.89 billion, okay, billion dollars mm. to close to... to the GDP. It generates about $3.2 billion in exports annually. And these these figures came from um, valuing Australia's creative industry study that was done in 2013. And I know the University of Newcastle at the moment is about to release a new report um, that verifies a lot of these figures. So in an industry that's actually um, contributing so much to the economy, and yet we have so many of the, of the creative industries um, that have people working in them that don't even make a minimum wage. You know, they need to go mm. out and get a second job in order to make a minimum wage. So this was all part of the workshop that happened yesterday uh, at Vivid, Vivid Ideas in Sydney. And what we've started or what we're trying to start is a movement called Creativity Equals. Uh, and the whole point, it needs to be a two-way approach. So this, the whole business idea around creativity and, and innovation needs to be a two-way approach. Who is the business that's buying the service? who is the provider of the service. So what we're trying to do with Creativity Equals is make businesses realise the importance of validation, how much the creative industries contributes to their turnover, and mm. also make the creatives um, value what they actually yeah, they contribute. Do. You know, Yeah. So, mm. And it's not until you get to home and you score a job in a major agency or something like that that... that the wage, you know, really equates to top-level CEOs, top-level professionals in other fields. So this is mm. the whole movement that we that we that we were trying to create yesterday mm. um, around around pay what it's worth, particularly now that creativity and innovation um, is forefront in a lot of businesses. You know, um, programming, how they're budgeting, etc. And there was a really nice thing that came up yesterday. You know how we have the chief innovation officer. We would like some organisations to actually have a chief creativity Native. officer. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I, I actually, I want to be the chief creativity and innovation officer. There you go. So the, uh, I mean, what you're talking about valuing our worth is, of course, yes, it's there in the creative industry. It's also there in a lot of small businesses, though. A lot of small businesses don't really value their, their true worth. Sure, that's absolutely. And I guess this, this for me, is a, um, a starting point for that as well because small businesses, I mean, when has problem-solving ever been more important mm. than currently for small businesses? And we have more and more small businesses uh, that are coming out as people become redundant. You know, people are going, well, maybe now's the, now's the chance that um, that this kind of happens. You know, how mm. is how are we going to do this now? How are we going to get the value, the worth of what it is? How do we make the small business progress now that, you know, in this land of redundancies, how yeah. many, you know, the fear of AI, all of that thing, how how do we create our unemployment? Where's the future of work taking us? And we've had many discussions. There are many varied fields within that space. Uh, but now that more and more people are becoming, you know, are being made redundant from their mainstream big corporate, big corporate jobs, now's the time to try 
Yeah. Now's the time to go out there and go, I'm going to give this a go because the, the worth of small business is increasing. Mm. You know, and the contribution small business makes is increasing. And I think uh, the, the points you've made, more and more work is going to be um, casual or, or self-employment. That's right. I absolutely agree with you. That's absolutely yeah. right. Yep. So And so you come also across uh, work, W-E-R-K. I did, and, and it's aimed largely at women, but it's a, so it's a, it's a category of flexible work environment, really. It's a new business. They're just starting to raise capital for it, uh, and it's based on a, on a women working, like women in the workforce. So it's this whole idea about taking advantage of flexible working conditions, but it takes that to a brand-new level. So as an employee, you might go to the website and you complete different categories, okay? So it might be, um, are you prepared to travel? So if you're a new, a new mother, then, you know, the chances of you travelling are quite, quite reduced. If you're, um, if you're starting your own business and, you know, maybe you're one of those people we were just talking about, you've been made redundant, um, you want to get, you've got an idea for a business or you want to get back into the workforce, you say, yes, you know, travel's fine. Uh, there's questions on there about will you be working from a home office? Do you have time constraints? So if you've got kids at school, for example, you know, I only want to work between 10 and 2. So you put all this information um, into this site and the site then matches your requirements to a position that has become available. Mm. And they're aiming at executive positions. So, it's you know, it's that connector. We've, we've spoken about many connector websites. This mm. is another one of those connector websites. So mm. I, I think, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of merit in that. They're in very early stages, early seeding. They're, they're looking for funding. Um, and also the other thing it, it um, assists with you know, is that nomadic lifestyle. So where and that the more digital platforms that people are using, you can work from anywhere in the world. I've had lots of clients lately, you know, that are working from Germany or France mm. or, you know, and there are Australians that are travelling. All over the, the world. have decided to, yeah, and they, they're working their businesses while they're travelling. So mm. I think this site is quite, you know, it's quite a... Interesting. It's a, it's a bit of, yeah, it's a, it's a sideward step from some of the existing you know, connect to spaces. Right. Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. Have a little bit longer this week. Uh, we'll have a chat with you again next week. Looking forward to it, Julian. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Christina there with some interesting coins. Where, where's, where's work going? You know, where, What sort of work will be available? And, uh, and do, do we really value what we're doing? And as I said, we don't have another second guest today, but I thought I'd give you uh, 10 business tips to guarantee your success in small business. And here's the first one. Know your customers and find out what they want. It's amazing how many uh, um, small businesses often don't really realize what their target market is, who they're trying to focus on. But more importantly, those customers will tell you exactly what they what you want. Um, they'll tell you what how you can improve your service or you can they'll tell you about products you can add to the to the to uh, the range of products that you have. So Constant contact with your customers and doing surveys and, and talking to them will find out more about what you can do and how you can improve it. The next one is to have a clear, unique selling proposition or competitive advantage. Why are you different from all those competitors out there? There are so many people these days squawking for the money to try and to get their service to you. So with your business, why are you different? Find out what makes you different. And don't just use customer service because most people will say they give good customer service even when they don't. The next one is to have passion for your vision. Are you passionate about what you do? 
or is it just a job and you're just looking at the, the nine to five type work because it's the passionate people that provide the, the good products and services to the customers. It's the passionate people that have that unique selling proposition to give to the customers. Next one is to do your books and control to a budget. It's amazing how many small businesses do not do their record keeping accurately. Just remember, we, yes, we have to do our bookkeeping for the tax office, but that shouldn't be our prime reason for doing record keeping. Our prime reason should be to know how the business is going, whether we're making any money, when is the time to buy a new piece of equipment, or when is the time to uh, move the premises. Uh, your cash flow budgets and, and controlling uh, to that budget with the information that you're getting from your bookkeeping will keep you on track. And this next one's the best bit of advice I think I ever received in business, and that's break your comfort zones every day. Every day we are faced with opportunities where we can do something a little bit different, a little bit out of the ordinary, sometimes a little bit scary. But breaking those comfort zones and, and doing those things differently, great opportunities to learn and grow. Next one we've probably just discussed a little bit with uh, Christina there. Compete on service, not on price. Price uh, wars are the last thing you want to be involved on. Have your prices reasonably high and then provide good quality products and services and then you'll get your value for your money. The, third, the, the next one is to document your systems. Um, system approach. Uh, Michael Gerber made it very clear in the E-Myth or the E-Myth Revisited how important systemization of your business is so that you get the reputa re repetition happening. The next one is to find a mentor. Fantastic. I've probably had about six or seven mentors in my life. You outgrow your mentors as you start to improve in areas. You can often become better than your mentor, so you have to find a new mentor to help you. And, of course, mentoring doesn't just have to be people. It can also be books. It can be um, YouTube videos these days or TED Talks. But uh, fantastic to get that sort of advice. The other one's dear to my heart is to get paid. 25% of small business go out of business because of poor credit management. People owe them money and they don't get paid for it. So uh, make sure you've got a system in place where you get paid on time, every time. And the final one that I really love, dare to be different and have fun. If you're not having fun in your business, get out of it and find something that you will have fun with. Time for one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This one, know how you'll sell a decision before you make it. When making a decision that affects many people, it's best to go with an option that respects and reinforces the norms and values of your company. That's how you get buy-in and commitment. But how do you know what option will do that best? Well, try this mental exercise to test how your options will be received. Imagine you're making a presentation and your audience consists of those people who will be affected by your decision. Go through each of your options and imagine how you would justify choosing it. What specifically would you say about each option? What could you say with genuine conviction? What might be tougher to stand behind? What might ring hollow, raise eyebrows or elicit resistance? Which options seem likely to get your audience smiling or nodding? In short... Which option seems to be the right next paragraph in the ongoing story of your organisation 
and what it stands for. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've uh, looked at uh, creativity in Australia and uh, uh, an interesting aspect of that and how work might be going. In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll chat about innovation again with Christina. We'll have some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Thomas Jefferson once said, I find that the harder I work, the more lucky I seem to have. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.